Welcome back to the SideQuest podcast. This is Eric. I am joined, as always, on this TGIF episode with Justin and Jeff. How are we doing, boys? Not too bad. He's not doing bad. I'm doing really well. I'm in a good mood tonight. Are you? That's yeah, great. Thank you, man. Good. No, I had a good day. Uh, we just released the last episode on Tuesday, so covering Spooktacular. So those of you that listened, uh, thanks for listening. For those of you that didn't, you're no longer my friend. Yeah, easily. Just get out. But seriously, go back and listen to all previous episodes. Just binge it. You could do it in like two hours. Jeff, how are you? You said not bad. What's going on? What'd you do? Oh, you know, just um, not too much. (laughs) (laughs) Not too much. Not too much, not too bad. Great. Well, we're getting uh, trying to figure out what we're doing this weekend. Uh, Hopefully still something spooky themed. Yeah. Two two weekends left. I know. Pretty sad, actually. It is. It's scary how quickly it becomes like Thanksgiving and November and then just straight in the crowd. I'm already seeing like Christmas commercials and I don't like it. It's not even yeah, Halloween yet. Calm down. Christmas is unfair that it almost gets two months, basically, and Halloween only gets one. Uh, I think Halloween should get two, and Christmas should be one. Yeah, I agree. See, I agree with you, but at least at my house, that's how it, it rolls out, because you have October, which is for spook time, but then November sort of becomes that like harvest time. Yeah, just you still, still you, cornucopia time. Cornucopia time. You still got the colors. You still got the spookiness lingering. Um, then you've got till Thanksgiving, and then at least growing up, it was always day after Thanksgiving's when you put up the Christmas lights. Um, yeah, yeah, and just and, and just like that, just like a ghost, all the spirit Halloween stores disappear as well. <laughs> like they just never existed, and they just somehow take all your money and and leave, and they wait till next year. Those pop up earlier and earlier every year. And I'm not, you know, I don't mind that. It's I'm just, not complaining. Yeah. It's, I think, uh, you know, you walk through the store and I never really buy anything because it's so outrageously expensive. But I just love walking through those Spirit Halloween stores and just, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this can just, they know the exact place that's going to pop into a Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> I don't know how they do that, what business model that is, but it works. So <laughs> shout out to Spirit Halloween on this episode. Um, but what we want to talk about, it's kind of going into that Christmas theme, but like what, what we want to talk about tonight is just, you know, those toys from our childhood. Uh, I, I feel like we are a, a group of guys that, that really enjoy nostalgia and kind of going back to the glory days, like we did in episode three of going back to the 90s. But one thing we didn't really talk about were, you know, what were some of those like landmark toys from your childhood that you really enjoyed playing, whether it was like, you know, something that was small or big or something that you carried around with you for a while. But Justin, let's start with you. What was one of your favorite toys growing up? That's a, that's a tough question because it, I think it goes based on like age bracket, but the one toy that sort of extended throughout, like from when I was five years old that I still played with in college, I still played with, with this toy, but it was Legos. Yeah, I I love building shit, and what what became really fun to do, like after you got the sets and you make the castles and the ships and you do all that that crazy stuff with these little pieces, is then when you got when I at least when I got older, then I started making like play sets for like my X Men action figures or my Ninja Turtles or my Ghostbusters or my Demolition Man action figures, 
yes, there were Demolition Man action figures. <laughs> and I would interact and they would fight in these like cityscapes and you would have Wolverine going against Wesley Snipes um, and destroying buildings and uh, that just was always fun to do. So, But Legos, I would definitely say Legos is a, a t- big one for me. Legos is such a timeless, I don't know, toy set. I don't, just um, during the you know the lockdown when everything kind of locked down, I went and I ordered a Millennium Falcon Lego because I'm like, well, I'm gonna try putting this together, and it was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun. There's yeah. just something about watching two pieces go together, and then hours later or days later, it turns into this thing. And normally it's a thing that you're really into. So for me, it's Star Wars. For other people, it's you know it's different you know, properties, but uh, it's just cool to watch it slowly turn into what it's supposed to turn into. I, on the other hand, I I just, I couldn't enjoy Legos. I just was, I would always get pissed off because it would take forever. And it was almost (laughs) like, it's almost like as a child, you're putting together an Ikea set. You got the instructions and you're trying to find the pieces and the, you know, they do a pretty good job. But like at the end of the day, you spend, yeah, what, two to three hours. And then I have like this small little card. I'm like, ugh. I could have been doing something else. <laughs> I don't know. I just never really, I never enjoyed it. But that's one. First of all, I love building Ikea furniture. Love it. <laughs> Weird like that. But two, like that was so much fun to like after you would build a little car, then to go outside and blow it up. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a good part. I would always be on the back end of that. I would just like, you know, supervise or do something else, play video games while whoever was building it. And then I'd get, you know, help destroy it. <laughs> Uh, and, and this one, I don't know if you guys will remember this. This is kind of a unique toy, but one that really stands out to me when I think back about it is, uh, this toy called my pal two. And he was, he was this, like, it was almost like one of the first robots that did like six different things. And we'll post a link in a video to our page, but he, he would like, you know, his chest would fold down. He would have a basketball hoop. And if you slam dunk, he would tell you like, great job. And he would like only give you like encouraging positive things happening. So you would high five him. He would roll around on like his skates. You would like ring toss with the top of his head. And, uh, I, it was just like one of those toys that was always in my room. And whenever I got bored, I would just go and, and play that either, I don't know, throughout the day or at night. And he would just be, you know, my pal. Uh, I mean, I did have some friends growing up, but this guy, let me tell you, he was he was a great pal. So wherever you're at, my pal too, in some dumpster somewhere or, uh, you know, back into the earth because we got rid of you so long ago. We, had, we, we shared some memories. You were, you were a good friend. The my pal always reminded me of the robot from Rocky IV that uh, Rocky got for Polly. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> Oh happy my. birthday. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> great shot. Great shot. High five. Killer dude. And I was like, yeah, I am killer dude. <laughs> you are a killer dude. <laughs> Me and like my knee high socks and my, uh, you know, what were they? Velcro shoes and trying to be hip, bringing him outside, playing basketball with them for real. Like he's a real boy. <laughs> and that's how you got the girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got all the neighborhood girls. Lady you know, killer. The, uh, the wingman. The, yeah, the, um, God, what were those called? Like the tri bikes or, you know, those, um, I had like big the wheels. Yeah. The Batman big wheel where I would like slid, I, I would like, you know, do a, um, do the Tokyo drift into the driveway and like you everybody, calm down Bobby's world. man, all, like, yeah. <laughs> plastic. 
But like you're so right. Even if the tire got like chipped. Oh yeah. Yeah, you would shit. Yeah, there would be like a hole in it. Yeah, then rocks would get in there. Trucking. Yeah, they they were pretty durable. And like you said, Justin, I think it's like age bracket too, because growing up then. You know, we got big into Nerf, and I say we because Jeff's basement was retrofitted oh, with Nerf every Central. Nerf gun and ball. So I think, like, Nerf became a big thing when we started growing up. And, like, you know, every birthday I just remember getting, like, a new Nerf gun or, like, the brain football that you could really squish down into, like, a stress ball mode. Um, but Nerf really hits home. That was a fun one. Nerf is still fun. It is. And... I feel like whoever invented yeah. that is just raking in the cash. My, me and my little brother used to hide Nerf guns strategically around the house. So at any time, a Nerf gun fight would just happen. So you'd be sitting there just like eating some cereal, watching some Bobby's World, and then bang, dart to the head. And you're just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> Mom. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cool with some of these toys. Some of them, you know, it's obviously age. So when... You know, I remember when I was really young with, uh, shout out to uh, Feline Machine, um, we had Mighty Max. Um, Justin, do you remember Mighty Max? I do. Oh, wow. And that was a and TV show, wasn't it? I about them. It was an animated cartoon for a while. Yeah, and, I, and they were like those little, like, I can't even, there was like a snake one, there was a skull one. And then inside, it was like this whole little play set. Uh, and we would bring them to, uh, to school, and we'd play with them in the, uh, the playground. So everyone would, like, the weekend would go by, and then someone came out. And they're like, I got the new one. I got the monster head one. And you'd sit there, and you'd play with it. Yeah. And, I remember. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, re- I can, like, visualize that that mighty max like foldable set and it was like different themes and like one was the house or one was like the like the secret lair or something wow that was it was was pretty much poly pocket for boys (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and uh i think then you know kind of growing up getting into like the wrestling phase of my life where i started watching wrestling with my neighbor uh, we got like the Stretch Armstrong, and we got all like the NWO dolls that you could like power bomb, and they had a, uh, you know, like little, um, you know, like little sounds that would play whenever you smash their head into a wall. Ooh, yeah. And then of course you had the infamous Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Ninja Turtles, Which... Power Rangers. Turtles, oh my gosh. Power Rangers, Ghostbusters, Star Wars. Star the... Wars was unique; it just kind of always still running. I used to have my brother's toys that he got when the movies came out that he was now older and then play with them. So I got them. Uh, and I remember mixing the star Wars with the, with the turtles. I had some weird crossovers happening. Yeah. You just kind of like put together this almost like Avengers type squad of like whatever toys that you have. Yeah. We would definitely do that with like neighbors. And then we'd set them up. And of course you just want to chuck things at them, like to knock them over from like halfway across the room. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Kevin McAllister in Home Alone with the starting lineup action figures and the BB gun. I've always, I always, I still to this day, if somebody has like one of those, you know, trap laundry doors, I never had one growing up, but that was the one and only thing I wanted in our house was after I saw that in Home Alone. Because <laughs> I want to shoot with the BB gun and shoot them down to the basement, but then the basement's scary, obviously. 
I think they did feature that in the in the Home Alone video game, like that original really kind of I, crappy. Oh game. my! But I think the you one going down the the laundry chute. Gosh, are you talking about the one on Nintendo where you have twenty minutes to survive before you're caught? Yeah. I I still to this day have no clue how to beat that. I nobody does. It's you. I don't you, think there. I think it's just your inevitable doom. The, I don't even think the angry Nintendo nerd has beaten it. The only sweet part was when you do the uh, zip line to the treehouse. Like you just want to run upstairs to do the zip line. That was like the only cool part. It was so what, cool. What's so so difficult about that game is there's actually a strategy behind it, and each weapon that you get. Um, hampers the wet bandits for longer. So you have to strategically use your weapons because you can only carry so many and you can only get so many and then you have to get to the basement like Jeff is saying where like the best weapon is but you don't have enough weapons to get there and it's just so maddening. <laughs> and the graphics speaking were such Alone, shit. <laughs> speaking of Home Alone, remember in Home Alone 2 he would go to FAO Schwartz like the mecca of Toy Central yeah it was oh, yeah. in yeah the, yeah home alone 2 lost in new york and then we had one here in chicago and i don't know if you guys ever went but that was like toy central that was like the coolest spot is to go to fao sports no i got to go to like toys r us and um you know check out all the toys i couldn't have and play like the n64 that was uh you know like every person has touched the controller and <laughs> you stand there and play like mario 64 for half an hour while I get lost. That was always fun. We used to just go to the Walgreens and my mom, or we'd go to Venture, if you remember Venture. You'd get a five spot and you'd pick up the new X-Men action figure off the shelf. That was the extent of it for us. Or go into your local McDonald's because they had those N64 fun zones. That yeah, was like double the fun because you're eating McDonald's, you get your little chicky so nuggies. <laughs> so basically, Eric, for you, it's, if Legos was being played, you were playing video games. Yeah, pretty much. Donald, you were finding the video game console. If it, you were at the Toys R Us full of toys, you were playing the N64. I had that specialty growing up, that special power that like I could sniff out video games from, from afar. Like Any place we would go to, I would just find the system, sit down and play it. Like Family, friend's house, around holidays. Like, Where's Eric? Well, is there a video game system here? Yeah. Well, that's where he's at. So. No, he found it. It worked like that for you until you discovered porn. Well, yeah, of course, and that was not not many years later. But then it was kind of like, what what do I do today? You know, I got to then time management skills came in. You know, I got to do a little <laughs> bit of porn, a little bit of video games. Now oh we're even. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm sitting here right now. I remember I got my brother this. I thought you were gonna say porn. Graduating law school. I definitely thought this was a porn story. No, it definitely is not. Uh, but um, I got it for him from when he graduated law school. Do you remember Tamagotchis? Yeah, of course. The digital, yeah. And then they had one called Digimon, where you would fight. You would, like, link them up, and then they would fight each other. And uh, I got him it for, uh, as a you know, what, what else does a, a lawyer need but a Digimon fighter dinosaur? Mm -hmm. Uh, of course thing. and it, <clears throat> and that was after tamagotchi because I, I don't know if you guys had the tamagotchis but we would leave them home with our parents and be like please take care of this please clean and the shit up and be dead. yeah no i would come home and it would just be you know buried in a pile of shit and looking at me like dude 
you didn't press the two buttons that are on this thing. What are you doing? I'm like, sorry. We, uh, yeah, because when they came out, we could bring them to school. And, like, after two days, there was a notice. These are not allowed anymore. They're distracting. They're horrible. So well, we that have was, to leave them home. That was like Pogs, too. Like, when you play for keeps and half the kids, you know, come back from recess crying because they were playing for keeps. <laughs> and I've got my, you know, Bigfoot bubblegum smelling, um, you know, what's it called? The slammer, slammer, epic slammer, and I'll just destroy kids and anything that was face up. I get sorry, it's mine now, Jimmy. Let me guess, you used a metal slammer, didn't you? No, it was rubber. It was rubbery. I'm, I probably should. I could probably Google it. We'll post it on the page if I can find it. But it's the Bigfoot bubblegum scented slammer. That thing was the key to my success. And I had Did like you... the pog container. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a notebook for him with like the little plastic sleeves to like display like your non-playable pogs? Uh, no, I wasn't that nerdy about it. I oh. I, I, just, I was the, <laughs> one of the cooler poggers or whatever they were called. I or, had a thing that let you make your own pog. Oh yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And you make the cutout, and we're like, yeah, we made our own. And that's me. I'm on my own pog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then they just kind of disappeared. I don't know what happened. We all just like grew up overnight, or schools banned them, so we're like, all right, what's next? And then like I don't know, Crazy Bones came along. I remember Jeff, you guys were big into Crazy Bones, um, games like that. And then then, uh, uh, you know, then Pokemon came out. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was just about to say, and then I found Pokemon Snap. Like I always go back to video games. And you throw a Pikachu the <laughs> apple. Playing the Pokemon card game, and you found the video game. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I, I never really played the card game either. I just that was on another level. Um, that I don't think a lot of us played the card game. I think it was more we like collecting the cards. But you definitely knew in school who those folks were—the Pokemon card like keepers, you know. The card keepers. They were like. <laughs> that was yeah, never. If you me wanted either. to do a deal, you had to go ask them like. Is this a fair deal, a fair trade? Mostly the kids, like, at the enrichment table because they were smart enough to know how the game worked and, you know, could bargain and do deals while I'm just trying to, like, get another pog out of my gym shoe, you know? (laughs) Oh, gosh, so many good games. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I guarantee there's probably some people out there still playing pogs or collecting them thinking that they're going to come back, almost like Beanie Babies. You know, people are convinced that they're worth shitloads of money, but it's I think that's like the biggest scam going on right now is that they're really not worth much at all. Except have you for... seen that I was gonna say have you seen that photo that was it's been floating around for a while now, but it's two adults at their divorce yes. years splitting up their beanie baby. Collection. Yes. Like the, the uh yeah, divorces in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I could only imagine, right? Like whoa. How? How did it come to that? Like, they really thought <laughs> they just we're going to get money for them or sell them one day. I don't know. I'm sure. Do you guys still have Beanie Babies anywhere? Like, do you guys still own them? Family members own I them? Have, I have a Irish one. Just like a little, he's got a clover. He sits at the bar. That's that's about it. I have none. No, but I still do have collective. I still do have, like, all my X-Men figures and that's pretty much it like i'm still very big into collecting that kind of thing um we got a lot of star wars figures and dolls and and a lot of vinyl pops yeah yeah no i've seen i've seen a lot of your collection we'll have to one day you'll have to post that stuff to our uh social media because i'm sure 
Yeah. Yes, I have the big giant Modoc. edition giant Modoc statue that I received for my birthday. Cool. I don't know, seven years ago maybe. Um, and it's it's valuable. Like it was like a two hundred dollars statue, and it's worth like at least a grand now. Yeah, it's, it only it's, made it's like six hundred of them. And are you ever? So, what's like your long term plan with that? Like, are you just gonna kind of hang on to it forever, or are you actually gonna go to you know like one of those conventions and try to sell it one day? Just I don't know to see how much it's worth. No, that's a keeper. That's definitely a keeper for me. And speaking of, I know we've talked C two E two in a past episode, but like you know, I feel like that's uh, just this whole other world that I just haven't been down before i'm so intrigued and want to learn more about stuff like that because like collectibles and knowing how much stuff is worth like have you guys done any of that like i know you guys have bought stuff and like you said justin bought action figures and um but yeah. like have you gone down that rabbit yeah, hole before c2e2 i think i've seen justin do this at c2e2 is the comics because i know uh justin you're huge in the comics and at c2e2 they have these just vendors that come out and bring all their comics and you kind of trade them or you can buy them. And I know Justin, you constantly would walk by and be like scanning them. Yeah. I'm, I don't have any comics from that were original from my childhood and have reinvested my time and resources in, into collecting the original uncanny X-Men series as an adult. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun because there's, there's so much history and story that goes into, especially Marvel Comics, DC Comics, Independent Comics, Eagle Comics, um, with the way that they're printed and published and distributed and how you can get them now. And it's usually, like, it's so fun, like, talking to these guys that have, like, a booth at, say, C2E2 where they're selling comics. And, you know, they'll be like, yeah, I, I bought a storage locker and it was filled with 5,000 comic books. I know nothing about them. I have them here for sale. I'm just trying to recoup my money. And you're just kind of like hell yeah i'm gonna get issue 17 from you for 10 bucks did you um did you ever get any of your comics signed by like i don't know the writer artist or anything like that like i know you like at those conventions there's folks that will be there to you know promote their stuff and you know obviously sign autographs and meet them like have you met anybody that's like super duper famous or like in your world of the comic books been like right up there with them not in terms of like getting any collectibles or merchandise signed. I, at the end of the day, like, I don't think an autograph is really that valuable. I'd rather get like a photo with them or have like an experience or a conversation or that kind of a thing. So I know like in the past that we've gone to Comic Con and C2E2, we've met like Paul Rudd and Tom Hiddleston, and you could pay for like the autograph package as opposed to like the photo package. And I always go for the photo because I'd rather have the memory and the experience. And then if you get like a comic book signed, like obviously it's more valuable, but at the same time, it sort of destroys the comic a little bit. So I'd like to keep it pure. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Paul Rudd would be like a really cool guy to just hang out with. I don't know. Maybe it's just his movie persona, but he just seems like an all around like cool guy to meet. How was it meeting him in person? He smelled really good. <laughs> you always bring that up. He smelled it was a really sex good. panther? No, it was just like wintergreen. Wow. And that's... he was just like, and he, he looks a lot older in person than he does in his movies. I will say that. Like, he looks his age. Like, when you see him in movies now, you're like, how is this guy not 22? How is he not the same Paul Rudd that was in Clueless? <laughs> but walked up and he just kind of smiled. And he's like, hey, guys. 
and I can just smell like his breath was just so fresh. And I was like, do you brush your teeth in between meeting people here? Like, just, what's going on? How, how do I get this kind of freshness? Man, that's my favorite lightsaber, lifesaver, too, the uh, wintergreen. But uh, Paul Rudd aside, uh, side quest, because I know everybody's thinking, wow, it's been almost 25 minutes. There hasn't been a side quest yet. But minus Paul Rudd, because he sounds amazing, um, which celebrity would you want to, like, go hang out with, go have lunch with, or just grab a drink with? Jeff, we'll start with you. Oh, oh boy. Um, you know, I've heard a lot about um, uh, Justin's experience with the, you know, the ever cool Jeff Goldblum. Um, and I've never got to meet him or sit down with him. I think Jeff Goldblum would be a very cool guy to just have a drink with. Um, or, uh, you know, someone like Bill Murray, who's just, you know, one of the greatest comedy people ever would be quite cool and i heard he's also very very interesting guy now he just kind of crashes weddings kind of does his own thing but he seems like he would be pretty cool to talk to as well very you nice know, it's, it's hard with celebrities yeah you just know, your favorite action hero like you know keanu reeves would be really cool it's just um you know there's so many for different reasons but I think Jeff Goldblum would just be very bizarre to hang out with, and that's what make it quite unique. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Who's your uh, celebrity? You so I, I I will say the there is a Jeff Goldblum story of, of me and the Palindrome Jedi meeting Jeff Goldblum. Um, I can save that for another episode. Maybe that'll be a future side quest where we talk about actual celebrity meetings and sightings that Ooh, we did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for for like a delicious story with Jeff Goldblum because it was <laughs> fantastic. But in terms of having a delicious meal, I've got I've got two answers, and one is really weird, and one is really cool. So which one do you want first? I wanna I want cool first because I want to end with the weird one. End yeah. with the weird one. Okay, so Jason Schwartzman. Okay. I think he would be a lot of fun just to hang out with. Yeah, I love his acting. I love his music. He's got Coconut Radio on uh, Sirius XM where he hosts a radio program. And he's just he just seems like he would be one of us if we had him at the bonfire or as a guest on the show or just grabbing a drink with him. He's just going to – I just feel like he's a real goofball and he's really awkward but like in that funny way where you can just sort of – tell like he knows what's going on but he just doesn't fit in uh, i i think jason schwartzman would be amazing to to grab lunch with all right what about the weird one so here comes the weird one uh he's a celebrity from over a hundred and hundred and so hundred and like 25 years ago um uh, but the late great john wilkes booth <laughs> I forgot he was an actor, that you're right. Does he have his IMDb page updated? I don't think his IMDb page is updated, but he, he tweets on Twitter every now and then, and I always reshare what he tweets. <laughs> but um, no, I'm not, I'm not, it's not for any political reasons other than you have this man who was an actor who at the age of 27 decided he didn't like the state of politics in America and he was going to make a change. Wow. And he went for the very drastic route yeah. and killed Abraham Lincoln. And then just jumped off the stage, broke his leg, and went on this like two-week merry-go-round with the freaking Texas Rangers or whoever's chasing him. And it's just, it's just like my goodness. Imagine what the hell did any of us do when we were twenty-seven? Yeah, and then it started the uh, 
second National Treasure movie. I remember that's how it all started. And Nicolas Cage you, got involved. You saw the second National Treasure movie? Oh, dude, I love those movies. That I love both true. of those. I can't wait for the third. Page 49, what's on it? Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, no, those were good ones. I like that. And I think it's kind of tough because, Jeff, you kind of mentioned the one I first thought of because I've heard and seen nothing but great things about Keanu Reeves. And I just don't know how yeah. he would be in person. Like, is he... Is he like on during the cameras and on during those moments and, you know, behind the scenes, maybe he's more quiet, reserved because you see him like all the memes of him sitting on a bench or just being an every normal day, normal everyday guy. Um, but I feel like he just has such great stories. Like I, I really loved The Matrix growing up. I loved all his movies like good, bad or indifferent, like some some were clunkers. Others were really good. And just seeing what he's kind of grown into and kind of stuck with it. Him or Brian Cranston. I mean, those are probably like the top two favorites. So if I had to choose one, I would pick Keanu Reeves all day. Like I, he's just, uh, I don't know. He just seems like a really cool down to earth guy that you could just like go grab a burrito and I don't know, like teach me some, some uh, Kung Kung Fu moves or something, you know, in the back alley. I feel like he would then (laughs) buy your lunch. Oh, for sure. He would buy. Yeah. Whoa. And then we'd like go ride the subway back to his, you know, like two bedroom apartment and like, you know, there's cat food out. And so, you know, like, I feel like he just lives like a very normal life and it's, uh, you know, I don't know. He just seems like a really cool dude. A quick uh, movie shout out there. Uh, Not a lot of people know this or have heard this movie. It was my brother actually got me onto it. Keanu Reeves. But uh, when he was in the matrix, the guy that, Taught him basically how to like fight and like actually do kung fu. Uh, I think his name was like Tiger, uh, Tiger something. Anyway, Tiger he King. made a movie. He made no. He made a movie with him called Man of Tai Chi. I believe it's on Netflix, and um, you know it's all like underground fighting in uh, China. And Keanu Reeves is actually the bad guy, uh, but he you know directed, produced the whole thing, and acts in it. Uh, got his buddy who kind of taught him how to fight and it's like the star role and it's really good it's yeah. just a really fun action movie um and just a lot of you know good fight scenes so a little drop there if anyone's wow. looking for uh something uh something fun to watch with keanu reeves they might not have heard of or like a scanner darkly that was a mind fuck of a movie really cool Love to watch yeah well this was a great time guys we are just about out of time, but I'd like to thank everybody for joining us uh, tonight. Be sure to follow us, like, subscribe at Back in Time Pod. No, I'm just kidding. Side <laughs> Quest Pod. But Justin, you didn't get a chance to plug your podcast. We need to do that more because Justin's got a phenomenal podcast that you guys should all go listen to as well. So, Justin, why don't you give it a quick plug? Yeah, I appreciate that, Eric. Uh, so, I'm half of the duo that does Back in Time Pod. Uh, if you guys have listened to us, guys, girls, listeners, dogs, cats, aliens, um, Plutonians, whoever's out there uh, receiving our, our vibes and beams. Uh, we cover all things movie in, in the film industry. Uh, we dive into our DeLorean each month and we pick a movie from our childhood and simply review it. We do a lot of other really cool stuff. I know we were talking some toys and nostalgia earlier, but there's a episode in our archive where we uh, interviewed the producer behind the toys that made us. Is that the right name of it? <laughs> think so jeff spot check them <laughs> <laughs> some toys that made us yeah i think that's right yeah 
Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to disrespect him. He was, it was a great interview that we did with him. Um, so you can find that in our archives for sure. But yeah, new episodes. We do two episodes each week. Uh, a lot of top five lists, a lot of uh, movies, and there's a lot of spookiness going on in October. We're, we're doing a new horror movie each week. So, And Eric has been a guest on it before. Jeff will be a uh, coming soon guest, hopefully, as soon as we can nail down his schedule with a movie that he loves and he knows his shit about, which is a lot of movies. So uh, looking forward to having Jeff on the show as well. Wow. Well, that's great. Everybody go check them out at Back in Time Pod. This was a side quest podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to leave here tonight um, by uh, Justin. He's going to give us his best Jeff Goldblum laugh while he's in Jurassic Park on the helicopter. 